the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, as always. Larry, how are you doing today? Good evening, Dr. Mark. I tell you, we have some interesting stuff. I don't want to jinx us like we did uh, one time before when we were sort of measuring things and how much we have to talk about COVID. But as I go through our news feeds and uh, go through some of the journal articles, they are all about summations of the last couple of years now. There's really not a lot of new news, which is great. Right. Uh, as we uh, expected, there's a lot of dividing up and studies looking at trends and whatnot, yeah. looking backwards. Especially and, on the kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. seeing some so, things on that. Yep. Yeah. So, but that's that's about it. So we'll, we're yeah. going to kind of jump around. There's some stuff that may have uh, COVID may be related to it in healthcare. Yes. But I really wanted to start by talking a little bit about how some patients are skipping out on some of their exams yes. because of out-of-pocket costs. Because we talk a That's lot right. about this, right? We, we talk do. about yep. deductibles and out-of-pocket costs and Co-insurance. how you can avoid them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that, Larry. Yeah, you know, uh, there was a study done by Health Imaging Insights, which is a uh, imaging inf- informatics company, mm-hmm. and they found that 15% of the patients that they surveyed of over 15,000 patients admitted to skipping imaging exams and other treatment due to out-of-pocket cost. Yeah, that is interesting. That's a lot. Yeah, it's not It's not a shocker, really, because no, we talked really. about what, what was your stat on how many people, if their copay on their on their prescription was more than $25. Yeah. If the copay went up $10, 25% yeah, of America would choose not to get that right, drug. Right, so same thing with imaging. This is very similar. Yeah, really. Yeah. You know, I'm looking through this study, and, and you, you found the study, mm-hmm. and it's funny because it's also linked to uh, my alma mater at uh, Emory University School yes. of Medicine. Yeah. And uh, it is. It's something that's that's really important for insurers to know and for physicians to understand because as they order these things, they need to know what type of compliance yep. they're going to get. Well, here's, here's the thing that I think uh, struck me the most in this. Of the respondents that they talked about when they talk about copays for the meds, and for these services, particularly imaging, uh, that's really wellness uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, 35% of these people admitted that they had to decrease household spending, right. tap into their savings, mm-hmm. or build debt to get this care done. To get it right, right, to balance it out. That's sad. Yeah, it is It is what we see more and more. Yep. We talk about uh, – the, the amount of debt that healthcare creates and, and how that affects yep. people. But this is the front end of it, though, and it, it does. It, it matches up really well to what we talk about with prescriptions. And, you know, you, you tell them, go to that annual visit, right? You're yep. going to get some, some marching orders when you leave. Right. And so that's the follow-up of those marching orders are very, very important. With our uh, 
IPN, and when we look at care measures, those are very specific care measures they that, are. that are followed. And, yep. and they're followed and chosen because they're probably – it's the most life-changing if you ignore those right. factors, right? So right. a lot of things to right. do with diabetes, yep. a lot of things to do with your cancer Blood screening. Blood pressure, right? cancer so, screening. So this takes it to that yep. next level, which these mm-hmm. are things. It doesn't mean these other things are not necessary, but if you have right. a list of gotta follows that's 25 things long, that's going to get lost in the office. Well, one of the big things here is obviously imaging. They were actually skipping getting like an annual CT if you've had uh, – uh, cancer, lung, cancer lung cancer in the cancer, past. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the issue there is that if you're going for imaging and you want to lower your cost and you're not inpatient, make sure you're seeking an independent imaging right, center. Right. Talk and about that for just a minute, Dr. Mark. Well, even even locally, I mean, we have a lot of imaging centers and some of them are hospital-owned mm-hmm. outpatient centers. And one of the hospitals went and said, okay, we're going to drop our facility fee just like it's owned by anybody else, right. as opposed to the inpatient costs, which yep. are um, you know sometimes ten times as much. Absolutely, if you go and get yep. an MRI for yep. your knee or something like that. So, so it is. It well, is I can a big tell issue. you, in an MRI particularly, mm-hmm. we had a patient last year that called in and talked to us about it. And if you remember, it was the guy with his wife that had gotten a twelve hundred dollar yes. copay bill for a uh, abdom- abdominal CT. And if he had gone to outpatient center, that copay would have been two hundred dollars. Yep. Yep. So ask, right? That's ask right. up front. Ask. And right. if you run into a situation, same thing at the pharmacy. If you like, whoa, that is that's a lot. Yep. Do, do I have any other options? Because there's a lot exactly. of third parties that you know. So so don't sacrifice your care for those dollars when you might be able to get those dollars covered anyway. Exactly. Speaking of sacrifice, uh, I, I pulled this one up. Eight hundred ninety-two hospitals at risk of closure. And this is a recent article yep. uh, yep. just last this month, and it actually yep. lists by state. Yes, the and we number. can talk a little yeah, bit about I mean, that. But you know what the issue is here, Dr. Mark? At a time when COVID was rampant, when health equity and health parity is trying to be improved in America, we've got 800 rural hospitals that may go under. Right, and that's what it is. It's the smaller, it's the smaller hospitals yep. that are a little further out. Yep. So that's going to mean yep. people are going to have to travel further for their care. And we just said if they had a 15% copay, they weren't yep. going to get a test done. That's right. How much resistance is there going to be to going to any care until you're, you're really on death's door? Right. Well, this uh, – this article was published Friday, March 4th, by the Center for Healthcare Quality and Payment Reform, and it indicated that nearly every state has at least one rural hospital is at an immediate issue of being shut down. And in 21 states, 25% of all rural hospitals were at immediate risks of being right. closing. Yeah. 25%. 25% of half the states in America. Right. And it's... I mean, you'd have to look state by state and case by case, to, to, but but clearly there are issues that are affecting these hospitals that are are usually one-offs, right? Right. Some of them may be owned right. by some of the bigger groups, and then they're just contracting care. And in right. those cases, the hospitals aren't even right. losing anything. They're just trying to transfer the care to their, their yeah. ma- bigger centers. Right. Well, the interesting part is the biggest state with the most rural hospital risk of closing was Kansas. 76 hospitals, Dr. Mark. Yeah, and the, and the population of Kansas doesn't come anywhere near 
No. Near California. That's 76 that hospitals, just so you know, represents right. 73% of all the hospitals in Incredible. Kansas. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. In Florida, we're at risk of losing seven hospitals, which represents 35% of the rural hospitals in Florida. Of rural hospitals. Of yeah. just rural yeah. hospitals. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that does, those numbers don't, don't really add up yeah. until you add that. Yeah. But we have so many metropolitan areas that have lots of, yeah. lots of hospitals, like we have. Yeah. We have, I can't. We have to go through and count how many hospitals are within twenty miles of us right now, yeah. and we haven't seen any closures. No, um, not yet. Yeah, and so that's so that's that's a interesting thing. But yeah, that that's something. If if you, people if listeners want to look at specific states that they right. live in, they're from. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a good article. It's we really can post this on our website. Yeah, it's a good uh, idea. You know, it was interesting. There were two states that had no rural hospitals that were. Subject to possibly closing, and that was New Jersey and Rhode Island. Up oh, Delaware. Oh, Delaware too. Yeah. Okay, Delaware. I didn't see that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and you wonder, do they just not have rural hospitals? <laughs> that might be it. Yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> those are those are small yeah. states, and then some people get care over the state lines too. And, in those and you know, the other thing about this closing, when we really talk about risk of closure, one of the things you're really talking about is merger of the big boys coming in and buying them. True. True. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. maybe saying that we we don't really need that banks banks That's go through right. the same thing. So it is yep. it's a business. There's it no is. question about yep. it. Yep. Um, COVID definitely changed things up, and I'm sure there's a it lot did. of things we could look at at different retail right. things, and the same thing can be happening there. Right. Uh, but but yeah, there's a lot of factors involved. I just really these a lot of these rural hospitals are the place where these families have gone for generations. Exactly. And yep. now they're going to be lost. Yeah, and then the other thing is, you know, CD, uh, the CDC, FDA, and HHS, have, and even CMS, have all talked about our number one issue for 2022 and 23 is health equity. Right. And if right. you shut all these hospitals down, you're talking about shutting down access to care. You know, it reminds me of a, uh, a discussion mm-hmm. that's pro- probably not super popular to uh, point out, but uh, Fidel Castro, when he took power, mm-hmm. his main plan in in Cuba was to make sure that the people that were outside and as far away from any facility as possible mm-hmm. had the same ability to get to health care as the person that lived in the city. Interesting. And so yeah. he only pushed primary care. And so I okay. you know how how close he was to accomplishing the goal is difficult. I mean that's it's cuz we really don't get enough information mm-hmm. anymore but but specialty care doesn't do well there, right? But whereas the the goal was to say if you were if you were a, a a farmer and you were having chest pain that you could get care quickly, otherwise you weren't going to make it to a hospital. So, so what you're kind of, saying is that Fidel Castro in Cuba actually was an early beginner of value based care with could, primary it, care. It could be, <laughs> but on the other end of the spectrum, where people had serious things that needed to be cared for and, and more yeah. innovation was necessary or more th- that was that was a, a no go. Sure. So so I again making a choice, it's a financial yeah. choice because if right. every yeah. every country could do everything, yeah. then they would. Right. You know, simple as but that. Let me qualify. Uh, you know, that may have been one of the good things Fidel Castro oh, I'm not does. Even saying it's but all good. of our Cuban Americans <laughs> yes. probably wouldn't agree oh, with no. that he did anything good. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. It's actually the it's actually discussed by physicians as mm-hmm. a really crazy bad thing because yeah. Yeah. there are physicians uh currently I think I told you that my daughter went to Cuba when yeah, she was in med school. You did, yeah. And yeah. she met yeah. an ear, nose, and throat doctor mm-hmm. and interviewed her. And she interviewed her at the flea market where this doctor was selling T-shirts oh, wow. because she made $75 a month as a specialist. 
Jeez. And that's sort of where the some of the the learnings come. So it's, it all depends on you know what what is important to an individual, and right, probably right, there's right. no there's no science behind that decision that we know of that we can really follow, right? Yeah. So, hey, I did want to uh, circle back around and touch on a story that we discussed a couple okay. of months ago. Yep. Okay. Uh, back in Maryland, there was a gentleman who uh, had a pig heart transplant. That was in January, I yep, believe. Yep, yep. In January, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and. Uh, so that uh, gentleman had, I, I think the way that we talked about it is they said basically he didn't have any other choices but right. to be sort right. of this experimental thing. And this exactly. was a pig heart that had some uh, some gene gene therapy to make it gene modification, gene modification, yeah. so yep. it wouldn't yep. be rejected. Right. And he did pass away. He he uh, Last survived week. for yep. two months, two and a half months. And yep. so mm-hmm. uh, you know that's there's a lot of information is gleaned from that period of time. Yep. Uh, and you know, I think no one was really thinking that this was going to be a home run and, and that was the the next best thing was going to be to, to mass produce these, uh, things, but this it's all yeah. in learning and, and, you know, yeah. we can only do so much in the lab and, and even right, working with right. animals at some yep. point, these people have to, uh, have to be part of this. Yes. And, and yes. it's, it's really, I mean, if, if you think about this as a family member, what it's, you wonder how difficult a decision yeah. it, it would have Was been. Was it really worth it? But, you know, the physicians at Maryland Medical Center made the statement that a tremendous amount of information was gathered because of this man's sacrifice. Yeah, yeah no, it really, it really yeah. is something. But since we had brought that up, yeah. I just wanted to swing back around and uh, close the loop on that. Right. So, all right, when we get back, I think we're going to touch base on uh, Robert Galliff. Uh, yes. We, we talked about him a little bit last week. Our new FDA commissioner. Yep, and yep. talk about what he's uh, interested in doing. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. And, you know, before, Larry, before we go and talk about the FDA commissioner, okay. just to sort of stay on track, I noted this uh, modern healthcare article uh, that said patients say hospitalists should disclose emergency department facility fees. Right. And we talk about this all the time. You know, this is part of that surprise billing, part yep, of that, it is. that that hospitals are supposed yep. to be posting this and nobody's doing it. Well, let's kind of set the standard before we get into this sure. discussion. If you go to the ER and you're not admitted, there's a good chance you didn't need to go to the ER. Right. 
you could have gone almost, to urgent care yeah. or your primary care. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of that that defines it in a way. It does. Right? Yeah. And so the bottom line is most copays for ER with health insurance today is in the $250 range. Right. Some of them are even all the way up to $500. Yep. And that's waived if you get admitted. Right. Because but if you, you don't, then it's an access you can expect to the that's your that you bill. Needed. Sure. That, that's absolutely. Right. But but hospitals have taken heat for charging not only exorbitant fees, but charging facility fees at these outpatient ER clinics. Yeah, and so yeah. facilities fees are these baseline fees. They sort of walk in and they're going to code the visit in a certain way, a certain level of severity. And based on that coded visit, yeah. there's a number that's going to get attached. Yeah. And, and a lot of times the people, actually yeah. probably most of the time, you don't know until you leave and you get you get yeah. something in the mail. Yeah, here's here's one example of down in South Florida where the actual ER visit was five hundred ninety six dollars and the facility fee was three thousand six hundred and sixty two for a total of a little over four thousand dollars. Right. So so that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's where that yeah. whole surprise billing yeah. and 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 posting is, and we, and you know we're we're huge proponents of this. And the the question I have, Larry, is is why isn't there a better way to get behind, you know, who would be interested in this, I would think, mm-hmm. would be the insurance companies. Of course. Because, you know, they're getting they're getting stuck with some things, and if nothing else, there's a lot of administrative fees well, that go into working Well, they're getting stuck with the it. triage bill no matter what. Sure, sure. You know. But they can, you say, well, we're just not, we're not paying that, and if you're, if it's not Medicaid or Medicare, yeah. the hospitals can come after the individuals. Yeah, you so, know, it was, it was reported in this modern healthcare article that Florida hospitals, and we're talking here in Florida, with the highest ED, uh, emergency department facility fees charge on average $6,700 for more severe cases that come into the ER. Incredible. Yeah. That's so, insane. So people, people need to know. And I think that, that the answer is going to be, yeah. the hospitals are not going to self-report this. They're not That's going right. to do it. That's right. And if you were to call them, you're not, there's no way that you can know that the information you're getting is accurate. Yeah. So if you call and say, Hey, what's it going to be? And they, well, you know, it kind of depends or, you know, it shouldn't be yep. more than yep. this. Well, then when you get the bill and you say, well, what is that four grand? Exactly. Oh, well, that was different. Oh, yeah. oh what they must have told you. That's because you're owned by be. a hospital yeah. system. So, so exactly. <laughs> is that a good so, answer? <laughs> exactly. So, well, you I, know, the other thing too, we talk about the facility fees in Florida. Let me tell you about a couple of the larger ones. Mm-hmm. Alaska, the average hospital charge facility for, for ER, $15,000. That's, I can't explain that. And in Colorado, where all the skiers go and get hurt. I think that happened to you as well. It did. I did not go to a hospital. Okay. <laughs> 13000 bucks. Wow. For facility fees in Colorado, the two highest states in the country. So I'm thinking it's snow related. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, well, my, you know, that, my study would say it's snow related. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. But it's yeah. a, so, so you, you definitely don't want to live I in I remember when you were heading out that way, I said, don't break anything. Do oh, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I just wrapped it up until I got home and could that's go right. see the, the, the doctors I remember. and yeah. outpatient centers that I knew. But yep. see, most people don't do that. Dr. No, of course Martin. not. And yeah. I wouldn't expect yeah. it to. I mean, because, yeah. because you could also be, you know, if, if you don't know what you're dealing with, you could be making, making yourself worse by waiting. But yeah. And uh, just to give you one more, at Hartford Healthcare up in uh, Connecticut, mm-hmm. their flagship hospital, their ED facility fees range from anywhere from nine hundred and twenty-five to four thousand dollars. Wow, that's for walking in the door. And, and again, you pointed this out earlier. Yeah. I want to repeat it. 
That's not because you could go, well, you know, if you came in there and you were having a heart attack, no, 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 no. Yeah. Then you get admitted and you don't pay that at all. That's right. That's so right. that's just for a yeah. walk in and you walk back out the door. So right. it, it's pretty hard to justify. And it goes along with right. that gentleman that, yep. that had, had fallen and had a laceration on his arm. And they called a trauma alert and charged mm-hmm. him some enormous amount of money because right, they called right. a trauma alert. That's right. Yep. And he was never in any, any danger. And it he was seventeen hundred dollars yep. for the trauma team that they never used. Yep, yep. You yep. remember? I that? think it was more. I think it was yeah. more than that. Maybe it was seventeen thousand. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Yep. Yeah. You know, the other thing too, Stamford Hospital out in California, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good uh, yeah, facility. Great, great facility. They collected ninety three million dollars last year in ER facility fees. So they collected it. Collected. So not because a lot of this stuff does go away. It's billed and it doesn't yeah, get paid. Yeah, and we can talk yeah. about it, and it's a crazy number. But that's yeah. what they collected. That yeah. is pretty yeah. amazing. And and on average, the facility fee of a hospital ER averages fifty two percent of the bill. That makes sense. So yeah. basically, yeah. I mean, you go to urgent bill. care yeah. or go to your doctor, right. it's going to cost you half as much. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that, that'll be that'll just Total totally bill. disappear. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. and and in fact, what we've seen with the urgent care centers, it's it's considerably less than half yep. because that fee goes away and the other fees are less. Yeah, and here's where uh, the insurance companies are getting hit the hardest. The average triage fee in America ranges from three hundred ninety-one dollars to almost six thousand five hundred dollars. And that's, as I said, just triage fee means come in and get checked out. That's right. And then what happens yeah. next may be that you're, no, you're, you're having a panic if you're, attack. If you don't need to be admitted, you, you go right, home. Right, right, right. That's right. Yep, that's yep. right. I just, you know, Dr. Mark, we talked last week about uh, where health care is going and the profits in health care. Yeah. It's just very disturbing that, you know, we're, we're at a $4 trillion health care market today, heading to an $8 trillion health care market in the next eight years. And we talk about all these abuses oh, yeah. in health care. As a physician, it's got to be very disturbing to you. Well, I mean, if any of our listeners have followed us along for the, the year plus that we've been talking, that's just a piece of it. Because you and I have been yeah. talking about this yeah. for 25 years. Yeah, we have. And, and yeah. so... Yeah. It's sad to say that we could have gotten on the radio 25 years ago yeah. and had these same discussions. So things aren't changing, which just tells me we're waiting for the wrong groups to make the changes. That's right. And I think that's where that's where things are going to have to flip around and we're going to ha- have to have people like the insurance companies are yeah. making the most money. And they've got the largest lobbies. And they've got the biggest yeah, lobbies. That's and right. they, they that's And right. they're being affected by this. Yeah. So... At the same time, they're working with hospitals on another side because they're contractually involved with exactly. hospitals. Exactly. So, I mean, you've got that conflict going on. Yeah. But at some point, the the bystander in all this ends out being the patient. Well, let me ask you that this. I don't want to get either. into the political side of this too much. Uh-oh. But, if, but one question. Okay. If we did away with legislative lobby dollars, oh, yeah. wouldn't this stop a lot of this, oh, Dr. Martin? Oh, it would stop Martin? a lot of this. I mean, stop a lot of stop it. a lot of this in pharma, all, yeah, all yeah, the all yeah. the big areas, yeah. no question. Yeah. But what's yeah. the the chance of that happening yeah. is zero yeah. because instead of getting That's rid exactly of lobby right. dollars, they've redefined. Oh, I'm actually not a lobbyist. That's right. Because I didn't register That's as right. a lobbyist, That's so right. I can do all yeah. the things That's that right. you said I couldn't do. And and I've always wondered how a senator with a hundred and seventy five thousand dollars salary lives in a twenty million dollar home right. on the ocean. Yep, yep. Well, it is a yeah. lifetime salary. It's a <laughs> lifetime salary. So, you know, maybe they're just very frugal. Yeah. yeah you know, right. They all become non-rich, not all, 
but they exactly. become non-registered yep. lobbyists if they if they don't yep. have a good book to write. Yep. This stirred up some of our listeners last week when we were talking about where oh, did it? Yeah, when when it came out that United Healthcare oh, right. made seventeen billion dollars, yeah, and then a Medicaid up. CEO of a Medicaid made plan 25 made twenty five million yeah. in salary. That got a few people's attention last yeah, week. No, you I, said you yeah. had to get your blood pressure medicine <laughs> after just, that, just to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, there was another one. You you have a you have a patient you wanted to talk about, and it really dovetails right into yep. this conversation, doesn't it? It does. You know, we've got so many patients, and particularly in Florida, that are inpatient nursing homes. Right. And these podiatry groups seem to be a little bit of uh, opportunist well, when so, yeah, it comes let's, to these things. Let's not wrap them all up in two minutes. Yeah. There's some great yeah. groups, but, oh, but there this, are this some one you're groups. talking about. But this yeah, one yeah. particular yeah, this group, one group. And, and this one particular situation yep. where they came in, they did podiatry care, a debrided nail and a little more. Mm-hmm. And they charged the insurance company. Medicaid paid the insurance company right. $91. Yep. And they balance billed this Medicaid person $150.41. Cannot do that. that and is, that is so when the, the family, that's right. So when the family called up to say, what's this bill about? Yep. You know what they were told? Oh, it was a mistake. Don't right. worry about it. We'll, right. Don't it, we'll we'll take care of it. Yeah, and, but and, the problem is, oh, every, people pay that. I bet. How about fifty percent of the people pay those bills? Sure. And what are they taking out of the healthcare yeah. system? That you're and, and you know that's a, a risk because this group, even if somebody voluntarily pays it, yeah. there that that group yeah. is at risk. You know, that's they're, right. they're, they're that's at, right. Yeah, no, that's that's awful. But that's the chances awful. are you hardly ever know about it. Right. Right, People right, right. just pay these bills, even if it's fifteen or twenty dollars. Well, I mean, the message here yeah. is for you know any of our listeners that have relatives in these nursing homes. To that, look at every EOB Medicaid, that you get. Medicare. Yep. I mean, these would be Medicaid, Medicaid. Um, yep. But yep. It, you can't balance bill a government-sponsored right. program. You can't do That's that, right. and you know, and it, it's difficult because there are there are times when the doctors and the 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 facilities are really not being reimbursed yeah, what they need, yeah. but you, if you agree that you're going to work in that area, yeah. then that's what you get. Yeah. Well, just so you know, when this person called up about their bill and asked about it, uh-huh. they asked them specifically, why did you bill me? They got no answer. No. It's just a mistake. Just a mistake. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's the, yeah. yep. They're, they're trained, they're trained to bill everybody. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, yep. Just, just like the, uh, the theory of of the insurance companies tend to not approve anything the first time, right? Or or to not pay something, and and you have to appeal it before you're going to yeah. get paid. I mean, I know that's a bit of uh, you notice when that happens. You probably don't notice it when it doesn't happen. You just get paid like you're right. supposed to, right? But it happens enough that the we've always been rather suspicious. Yeah, and you know, you said something earlier that I do want to go back to. Everybody isn't doing this in the nursing homes. There are just a few pariahs out there, right? And we need right. to identify them and get rid of them. No, absolutely right. You know. And and I think that's one of the dangers that we run into having a show like we are because we're yeah. we're out to expose those areas exactly and to educate people on on what to look out for. Yep. And sadly, um, you know, you sort of start feeling like, well, there's more of this than there there is of honest, good medicine, of the good stuff. And it's yeah. not that's not not true. And that's you, not you true. and I know that. And that's we don't. Right. We're not that's trying right. to spread the message that. All is lost, but there's yeah. definitely, definitely ways that we can improve. I mean, we we have the greatest healthcare system in the world, no question. And these are things that that we need to pay attention to because 
There's a lot of money in healthcare. And you know, Dr. Mark, if we had the greatest educated healthcare consumers yes. that man, that navigate our U.S. healthcare yes. system, that would it would it, be even a better yeah, system. Yeah, it, it would because people That's wouldn't right. be wasting money, right. being hoodwinked. Right. And, and when there's, I mean, literally, if you're going to go out, okay, price of gas going up, right? Are you paying attention to, oh, well, I can get it over here. I just filled up today. Yeah, did you? Yeah. $4.89. Yep. Well, it's for uh, 91 octane. Yeah, and, and, I, and I wish we are on a, because I'd have a lot of, a lot of things to say, and I, I support yeah. that number for the reason. Yeah. But, uh, but at the same time, are you going to look around? Yeah. Let, remember when by the airport they were charging like seven dollars or something, when seven or eight dollars. It was about yeah. two twenty-five. I think they still are. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So somebody had to come down on that. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we went through the whole thing. It, w- it was did. a terrible teaser I gave when I said we were going to talk about the uh, FDA. Yeah, commissioner. we'll talk about him in the next thing. You're listening to Healthcare Now: The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now: The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. We're going to a break. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. And Larry, so we're going to talk about the commissioner first this time because yes, we, we are. put him off and Although I, I kind of thought maybe we could do that, it could be like our little uh, our little trope, our Teaser. little joke, and maybe in three weeks we'll actually talk about it. But but now let's go ahead and chat about it now. Yeah. With Dr. Robert Califf, who had worked with the FDA back in seventeen eighteen, was finally sworn in. Yeah, let's, let's as, 2017, 2018. Yeah, twenty seventeen twenty eighteen. Yeah, twenty seventeen twenty eighteen. He was he was with us in seventeen yeah, no, eighteen. Right, right. Okay, right, go ahead. Right. Uh, actually was sworn in as the first FDA commissioner under the Biden administration. And as you know, that had been under an acting position for over 13 months. Which wasn't him. Yeah, right, which was a lady. But anyway, they talked about some of the priorities that Dr. Califf presented uh, to the House and the Senate. And -hmm. I want to kind of cover a few of these. Yeah, Yeah, let's go down the list. It's interesting, yeah. You want to start it off? Well, the the first one's pretty obvious, the ongoing yep. COVID-19 pandemic response, which yep. is, you know, uh, yep. definitely uh, paramount, you know, when we, we're looking at COVID-19 jumping up uh, to be, you know, one of the, the, what is it, the third cause, leading cause of death yep. in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's definitely uh, important to do that. Yep. And and then the next one is really speeding up the development of new treatments and medical devices across the medical landscape, Dr. Mark. Yeah. That fits right into moving healthcare from the hospital to the home. It does. Um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know exactly. The, the FDA is, has a 
history of being the delayer. Mm -hmm. um, now, again, tying this back to COVID, uh, the discussions about the vaccine were, you know, wow, this thing got approved so quickly. Mm -hmm. Well, there were a lot of lot of pieces of that that weren't. It wasn't like the FDA did used. They didn't use a different process, mm -hmm. uh, although they did cut some of the fat off. And you know, maybe that's sort of what we're talking about here. That right. if you can do this once, why can't you do it every time? Exactly. So that that'll be interesting. But it will be. But uh, next one, and I want to tell you something personal here. Mm -hmm. Strengthen the response to the opioid and uh, stimulant crisis. Right. Uh, obviously, we know what fentanyl's doing in this country. Yep. It's being imported from the. South America, Mexico, and, well, it's actually, and China. Uh, yeah, it's it, yeah. it's actually coming from China yeah. and going through South America and Mexico. Right, that's right. But, you know, when we talk about OxyContin and some of these things, I know you've been a real advocate as a pediatric surgeon of not putting these kids oh, yeah. on drugs. Well, my, my uh, grandson mm -hmm. this morning had surgery for a ripped hamstring. Right, right. Down in Tampa General. Uh-huh. And he got home this afternoon – and my uh, wife told me that they put him on OxyContin for three days. Ooh. I told my wife, I said, wait till Dr. Mark hears that. Oh, man. Now now I'm going to have to go back to my old training ground and go talk yep. to him. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. That, that's... Why, why would a physician do that, Dr. Mark, when there are so many other alternatives? It's habit. Yeah. It's habit. It's, it's, I it's yeah. Well, I mean, the opioid crisis, part of the problem with the opioid crisis were us the prescribers right a big part of yep. the problem and the part of that the most occurred, convenient way to keep patients from well, hurting right it, it was more it was more than that okay um there was a period of time when we were being told that if we didn't okay. do this that that our license would be dinged oh wow yeah and this goes back to that the entire oxycontin era that's where it mm -hmm. came from when purdue pharma put out oxycontin and said hey this is a great drug it's much less addictive which it obviously was not yep. and yep. everyone knew it but one of the advertising strategies was pain is a killer yeah and you got to take care of people's pain right and if you don't take care of the pain you're a bad doctor yeah so depending on when you trained that wasn't that long ago that's interesting you know there's a yeah. there's a i don't forget if it's hulu or netflix mm -hmm. um dope and sick. you broke that mole yeah. with your practice right yeah i'm not i'm yeah. certainly not the first yeah. to do it but yeah i i just was interested enough as i was going through my yeah. training and uh yeah there's a show called dope sick uh, mm -hmm. Michael Keaton stars in it, and yep. it's a great show. It's quite accurate. It's about Purdue Pharma and the Sack mm -hmm. Sacklers and and OxyContin and all these things come out where really? where they made pain the fifth vital sign. You know, when they take your vitals, yep. they check your blood pressure, your right, respiratory right. rate, your temperature. So this was the fifth vital yep. sign. Mm -hmm. And so you went in, and and your your grandson would have surgery. They'd say, "Well, what's your pain? One to ten. and yep. they would they would monitor that. Mm -hmm. And if it didn't come down with treatment then just the physicians the would get in right? trouble, yep. so they'd be like, well, just take the narcotic. You're not going to call you. me. So well, that, I'm very concerned that he's going to be on OxyContin for three days. That is so I, addicting. I am very concerned. He's in an age group. He's 14. Where, yeah, he's yeah. in an age group where 6% of people who are opioid naive yep. and between, like, he's like 15 to 18, 14 right. 18, right. 6% end out getting addicted wow. to narcotics Five years later, they're still on a narcotic. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean that's a six out of a hundred. Crazy. It's and and it's the that's and he's the second a, he's a pretty group. upcoming baseball yeah star and and that know. worries you too because yeah. where else did we see a lot of drug use? Yeah, he's playing. And, you know, you you start playing at the 
the semi-pro level yeah, or the yeah. college level, and then the, the the trainers are getting blank prescriptions. Sure, and I'm sure. so it, it that's well, that he's, is concerning. He's in the eighth grade playing on a high school baseball team. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So gonna, you know he's upcoming. You, you are you are right to be concerned, Larry. I am concerned. I'll yeah. get back to you on that, yeah, Dr. Mark. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we we jumped out of that, but that was good good discussion. Thanks mm-hmm. for bringing that up. So one of the other things that uh, the commissioner is going to look at is reducing harm from tobacco products and preventing young people from using these products, including e-cigarettes. Yeah, so e-cigarettes are going to continue to take a big hit. And my blood pressure goes up when I see somebody with one of those e-cigarettes. Well, I tell you, I I get the arguments back and forth and back and forth. And there, there are companies, uh, companies in the UK have have touted that hey, you're going to use this device. And there'll be no more smokers in the UK. Yeah. Okay, that's like an that's an advertising push for one of their products. Right. And and I get it. And I get that the swap between nicotine through this combustible tobacco is different and isn't as bad, yeah. perhaps. But well, there have it, been it some cases that access. basically kill people well, the, because and, and it those, destroyed their lungs. Yeah, and and those are yeah. well, I don't want to complicate things because that was black market. Cartridges, right? That, were, that right. was, that was okay. really that I was, that was more like a Tylenol poisoning issue. I got you. Okay, uh, you know, okay. The, and, and I'm referring to that Tylenol poisoning mm-hmm. that, that occurred, yep. not, not the yep. Tylenols. Doing I remember, it. but uh, but yeah, the, with the e-cigarettes, the biggest problem is they're now back to marketing to kids, yep. right? Just like when they took cigarettes off the billboards and said you can't use this Joe Camel character yep. Yep. because you're marketing to kids. So now. These things aren't cigarette flavored. They're yep. bubblegum, cherry, lemon yep. lime, and so they're they're, they're like your favorite soda yep. in a stick. And and weirdly, you can get it with or without nicotine. Well, it's interesting. You know, my 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 both my daughters are teachers. My son in laws are principals. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't believe the stories they tell me about these kids going in the bathroom during school and smoking these e cigarettes. Right. Well, one of the you know, people who yep. talk about stop stopping smoking. Mm-hmm. One of the things is is the physical habit of lighting a cigarette, put it in your fingers, taking it to your mouth and drawing on it. Right. So right. even if you have a e-cig that doesn't have nicotine in it, you're still kind of feeding that addiction, but, but that's maybe a good step for you to quit smoking, but it also is a good yep. step for you to start smoking. Right. And so, right. so these kids are creating that addiction and then what's not, I mean, they're already taking yep. drinking caffeine and taking other stimulants. Why don't they say, Oh yeah, well let me try the one with nicotine. And nicotine yep. is heavily addictive. Exactly. You know, and it's yep. and it seems to be much more addictive when it's inhaled. Yep. Uh, but it's still, you know, any very any concerning. Form. I'm yep. glad yep. uh um, That's a good one. Dr. Kyliff is focusing on but another one that he's focusing on is ensuring the safety of our food supply and informing the public about health benefits of nutrition. Hmm. That's be, a good one. Good. Yeah, that's a good, a good one. one. Yep. I wonder I wonder where that's yeah. gonna go as far as are we looking at more uh, vegetable-based diets or, or, or the ways yeah. our, our meats are being handled? And, right, and, right. And you know me, I am not a vegetarian. Although we had dinner the other night and I had a vegetarian meal. You did. Yeah, yeah. You did. That but, thought, I was impressed. Well, I it, had tacos. It, it, was still, it was still fried. I mean, yeah. fried cauliflower. That's you right. Know, it's going to fool yeah. somebody. All okay. right. And uh, next, uh, veterinary products and the critical issues in One Health, which is a, a group yep. that are at the core of antimicrobial resistance and future yeah, pandemics. Yeah, talk about that, Dr. Mark. That's, well, out, that's out of my league. <laughs> yeah, so so basically what he's talking about is is issues about future pandemics. This pandemic, many are going to tell you, was predicted. 
because we knew so we're that talking there about were future virus then basically. future viruses okay. that, that leap okay. from the animal world the animal right. kingdom right. into humans and if you recall early on the chinese tried to convince us that covid came from bats do you remember that well in in a sense in a sense yeah. it it, it yeah. did come from that those the mm-hmm. idea is there were certain carriers that carried this covid this okay this novel coronavirus right but that particular virus at that time did not infect humans right right but it was the virologist recognized it as being pretty darn close and the ability to leap into another species mm-hmm. was not unexpected right. right and that's happened many times before and in this case it was the the perfect list of of it it making that jump but not being as lethal as ebola which in Ebola, you died before you could spread it, whereas in this, you could yep. you could live plenty of time and spread it very quickly. Spread it, yeah. So, so that's that's part of uh, mm-hmm. what we're looking at, and 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 veterinary products. The the idea that drug use in the animal side can affect yep. resistance in organisms that can affect us. I got it. Right. Okay. So just like in in uh, people, another we talk biology about, lesson, Doctor Mark. Yeah, they they, they tell. Uh, we we teach the uh, med students all the time that okay mm-hmm. don't don't just randomly start an antibiotic be focused you know in, in what you're treating right. and so you know somebody has a virus you can't treat them with an antibiotic but if you right. are primary care and somebody comes in and they have these complaints of oh, a headache a runny nose and a cough mm-hmm. and you go all right well that's going to run its course just drink lots of the, what yep you're not going to give me a prescription exactly and so. And a lot, of, a lot of the times, you know, the pressure ear, on the ear, physician. Yeah, yeah, ear infections are a great example. Seventy-five percent of these kids' ear infections are viral, and they just but, go but away. But about ninety-five yeah. percent of them get antibiotics, which yeah. does yeah. nothing for them. Wow. So, you know, they're, they're very interesting. Go on. But you know, and and again, a couple other things that he's talking about, and then I want to mention something that he isn't talking about. But one of the things is AI and the ability to collect and analyze data to come out with best evidence to make well-informed decisions about healthcare. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to That's gonna, a big one. Yeah, it is. I don't think yeah. he's going to have to focus on that at all because I think I think industry is going to do the that. The AI companies. Yeah, I think yep. the industry is, is going to be all yep. over yep. that. And then another one that we've talked about for 2 years is countering misinformation about science and all the things that we've learned about COVID over the last couple of years. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting one because that wouldn't have been on somebody's list 5 years ago. No, it wouldn't. And have, I yeah. mean this is very very timely and the reality is is what about the FDA yep. is informing us about science? Yep. Because that's not well, what the FDA does. The FDA examines right. the science right. and the studies that they get. And I guess maybe perhaps the the way to interpret the statement is we're not going to have the Aldehelms. Well, you know, that was exactly out, right? the reason I said there's yep. something that they're not looking at, making sure that the issue like Adahelm doesn't happen again. Yep, yep. So that that that, that ought be to be a key there. focus. Yep. yep. Was there something that you, that it wasn't mentioned you wanted to? That was it. Oh, that the was it? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. That making sure that a drug like Adahem isn't approved by the FDA right. without proper screening before it all comes out. And then getting millions and millions of people hope that this is the next cure for dementia and Alzheimer's. No, you're right. You're absolutely you know. right. All right, we're going to talk a little bit more about hospitals when we get back. Okay. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. 
You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we are just flying through our day-to-day, Larry. We are. I'll tell you, it was a good thing that we didn't bring up uh, Dr. Callis' list because that took a, a whole segment. It wouldn't it have did. fit with anything else, That's right? That's right. That's right. All right, so I wanted to uh, bring up an announcement. Uh, actually, it's, it's a little bit dated. It was uh, at the end of last month. The House yep. passed three bipartisan health bills. In by, Congress. By voice yep. vote. Mm-hmm. So all three bills had yep. previously been approved by the Senate, so now they'll go to the uh, president to uh, sign. Yep. And so it's just to have you, have you yep. read through okay. the bills. I think they're yep. sort of self-explanatory they as are. much as a bill in Congress can be. Yeah. The first one was the Methamphetamine Response Act of 2021. Okay. And we'll, we, we'll talk, we talk about drugs and addiction all the time. So. Right, right, right. The second one was, this is really interesting, Suicide Training and Awareness Nationally Delivered for Universal Prevention Act of 2021. Okay. We know that's always been a big topic, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. not only among Americans, but among healthcare providers as well. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Okay. And then the third one was the Supporting the Foundation for the National Institutes of Health and the Reagan Udall Foundation for the Food and Drug Administration Act. Yep. So I and don't we'll know. have to go back and look yep. at that Reagan yep, that's Udall. A, that's a financial. But one, these yeah. three uh, bills were passed at the end of February, mm-hmm. bipartisan by majority vote in both houses. Yep. Yep. So yeah, we need we need mm-hmm. some legal experts to give us that. But it's yep. it's good. Yep. good. So that gives our listeners an idea if there's something there that kind of tweaked your interest to does. to yep. look up for that. Yep. Okay. So we were going to talk a little bit more about hospitals. Yep. And uh, we're gonna we, we sort of uh, we talked about some rural hospitals shutting down. Yep. And we talked about hospitals charging too much in their ERs. But That's now we're right. going to talk about some of the best hospitals in the world. Yep. And, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's there's actually a list. And, I mean, we could go, I don't know, you want to go through the... Sure. Go, at least go through the top few. Well, there are 10 that they recognized as the top 10. And then there were others that were international in the top 100. Oh, so gotcha. let's go through the top 10. Well, actually, the top 10 are not all American. Nope. But Mayo Clinic was number one. Mayo Clinic was number one. Yeah. Cleveland Clinic, number two. Cleveland Clinic. Mass General was number three. Mm-hmm. Toronto General Hospital in Toronto, four. Canada. Yep. Uh, I mean, no, you got you got to say that one. Yep. Charit Universitali de, de, de Zin. Uh, that wasn't even close. Let's just say a in hospital Berlin. in Berlin, uh, Germany. Berlin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Johns Hoskin, Hopkins. John Hopkins. Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, it's actually John Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, no, it's John's, John's, it's John's. Hopkins. I had, I had yep. it wrong. I had it wrong. I had it. John's Hopkins. And then uh, the hospital a- in Paris. Yeah, hospital yep. in Paris. The APHP. Mm-hmm. And another hospital in Solna, Sweden. Sweden, yep. So, let's see, do we, do we and have more we, of and, Yeah, and then we come back, Ronald Reagan, UCLA Medical Center in L.A. Wow. 
And then there is a hospital, Sheba Medical Center in uh, Israel. Israel. Yeah, yep. Israel. Yep. Actually, uh, the, the Sheba Medical Center had a lot of the uh, studies that we've talked about over the yep. last year that uh, came out of that area. So, so that's kind of cool. Kind of cool. And then there were. Uh, well, I think it's interesting that uh, what one, two, three, five of the top ten hospitals in the world are in America. Right. As as. As, Should be as the U.S. News and World Report. That's right. Reports. That's right. So, yeah. So yep. that's that. That is, and there and there are different metrics that they follow yep. that some people yep. may agree with or may not agree yep. with. And then uh, there were some other big hospitals that we talk about here and there. Uh, Brigham and yep. Women's Hospital is number seventeen, yep. and yep. Brigham is part yep. of that that Harvard system and Mass General system that yep. are combined now. Yep. Uh, Stanford Hospital is number twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see if there's anything else. Duke. New York Presbyterian was in there. Yep. Duke was um, at forty. And just kind Houston of look at Methodist them. Hospital, right? Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, uh, and then Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Yep. And and it's interesting that thirty three of the top one hundred and fifty hospitals that were measured out of twenty two hundred hospitals internationally, uh-huh. thirty three of the top one hundred and fifty were in America. Thirty three of the top one hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. I would have pushed for them to, there to be. I'd like to see like the last few years and, and how that list has changed that because be i really do think yeah. that when when obama made the statement that we weren't the best healthcare system in the world that's right that that's kind right. of changed people's uh attitude and maybe yeah. changed the metrics a little bit right. so. and you know while we've been talking about hospitals that were going under mm-hmm. and then t- our risk of closing and then we talk about the best hospitals let's talk about some of the most profitable hospitals the richest, in america the richest, the richest hospitals yeah. You want to you want to start that, Doctor Mark? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'll start by saying I should probably flip through there, and mm-hmm. and some of these are going to fall under some of the best hospitals. But uh, well, seven but, health systems in the U.S. reported over a billion dollars in profits in 2021. Right. So that the number one, and and this has been number one for a while now, is UPMC. Yep. So right. it's, it's Pittsburgh based. So biggest what, transplant hospital in the country. Yeah. Oh well, that, yep. it's actually one of the biggest everything's medical now, what, what they've yep. done, yep. they were really really brilliant. They were one of the early innovators of a hospital system addressing their entire community and partnering with every facility. And they didn't do it. I'm sure pe- some people yep. in Pittsburgh might disagree, but they didn't do it in a really gruff yeah. and takeover manner right. that when you, when you're up there at their, at their various hospitals, they have sort of different tiers of how much academia might yeah. be in one hospital yeah. or another, right. but they're all part of that same team. Well, they, they represent own, 40 hospitals too. Yeah, so it's they, a big system. And they basically yeah. have their own insurance product. Right. And they, they were one of the first ones to have a huge CIN. So they really did yep. some amazing yep. things. Yep. Now UPMC, it's the largest year after year. It's the largest Medicare biller right. in That's the right. country as well. It is. Yep. So number two, this one sounds Guess familiar. <laughs> Advent Health right here in Orlando. 48 hospital system. And uh, right here, I always right like that Altamont. it's right here in yep. Altamont Springs is where the headquarters is. And uh, that's the that's one of the ones that we talk to talk right. about all the time. They recorded a net income of one point five billion last year, twenty twenty one. Number two, wow, there yep. you go. Uh, number three was Cleveland Clinic, yep. which we just mentioned is in one of the. Uh, and you know they're in Florida now too. They're yep. down in South. In fact, uh, on the Treasure Coast, they bought uh, Indian River Medical Center, right? And all the uh, uh, ones in. Uh, down south of there, yeah. Down yeah. south of there, uh, Tradition Health, yep, and the ones in not only St. Lucie but Martin County, 
Gotcha. They gotcha. bought all those hospitals. Yeah. Well, it was Martin Memorial. I guess the That's Indian was, was the yeah. big, there was a big bidding war for that one, but they did. There was. I think the uh, yeah. decision was partially based on the fact that they had other institutions fairly close by. Yes. And they were kind And of then Cleveland together. Clinic is headquartered in Weston, which is the Miami area. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Number four is uh, Mayo Clinic, mm-hmm. uh, based at the, the main clinic up in Rochester. And so they said their uh, income for 2021 was $3.6 billion, which was up. Wow. Up from two point five billion the previous year, so that's pretty amazing. Yep. Number five is uh, Kaiser Permanente out in uh, Oakland, California. Uh, they uh, had a. They are a massive force in yeah, the West. Yeah, absolutely yeah. are. Yep. 8. And they're not just billion. in the West; they're in the Midwest now too. Right now, is this yeah. by? Yeah, I guess it is. I think we must have must have a number wrong with Mayo, so that must have mm-hmm. been higher to, than three point six billion because this uh, Kaiser Permanente was eight point one billion. Yeah, well, and, we're they're they're actually jumping all over the place okay. as far as the most profitable ones. But basically, what we're talking about is healthcare systems that made over a billion in net gotcha, gotcha. income. And, and then yeah. HCA, which is the largest healthcare system in the country, right. 182 hospitals and yep. growing, publicly traded. Uh, they had a net income of seven point seven billion dollars. Right, and so in they, our market, as you know, they have one up in Sanford. Sure, there's one in Oviedo. Right. They just opened one with UCF down in Lake Nona. Right, and they've got and a couple freestanding ERs. Uh, they've got some freestanding ERs, and then they own the one in Kissimmee, Osceola Regional, and then one in, uh, is it uh, Poinciana? I don't, I don't think we should say because they're not a sponsor yet. So, well, you know, that's true. <laughs> uh, then uh, number seven on the list is we, ten, By the way, healthcare. we do have a great relationship with oh, HCA. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt, yeah. 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 Uh, Tenant Healthcare is a 60-hospital yep. system mm-hmm. um, based in Dallas, but we've had Tenant in a, a number of uh, number of states yep. that I've worked in. And, and so they've uh, they they've went, gone through some ups and downs. They've they done have. some acquisitions they and have. sales, but yep. they're still in the uh, $1.5 billion yeah. in revenues. Well, you know, out of all these hospitals, it's interesting when I was going through this, it hit me that Tenant and Kaiser are the ones that not only have the hospitals – they have the large physician groups that expand pretty significantly outside the hospital. They do. I think yeah. that's true of a few yeah. of these because UPMC mm-hmm. absolutely does. Well, yeah, they do. And Advent yeah. does. Yeah. You, know, that's true. you know what? If you look at this list, it may be all of them. It could be. You know, yeah. and that may be part of. But you always hear about grow. Tennant and Kaiser. You know, they're always yeah. doing something. Right, right, right. Yeah. But they do. I mean, HCA does not seem to do so. Uh, HCA is more hospital based all mm-hmm. the way through. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but a lot of these others are truly systems yep. that that do do reach out into the uh, community right. a little bit more. And in talking about these, I think we we need to go back to a little discussion we had last week about nonprofit versus for profit hospitals. Right. You know that's that's kind of a. Yeah, burn it, my it saddle is. a little it is. bit. It is, you know? and, and it is. I mean, it's been more a political thing than a service based thing. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's how they get registered and how things started. And I think yeah. that's the thing. It started so yeah. long ago for most of these these nonprofit hospitals. Mm-hmm. It. I don't know how difficult it would be today to start a new nonprofit. I think it would be pretty tough. Pretty tough. Whereas, yep. whereas you can get investors and you can start. A for-profit. Uh, for profit. That's right. So, That's right. so for decades, decades and decades, and even some of them for you know over a century. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we've got these nonprofits, and and you can't. And they've turn been operating for fifty years, yeah. and they pay no tax. Yeah, they don't pay any tax, and yeah. some of them, the That's faith-based, right. don't pay property tax. Yep. And so you can't. If you turned it around, they probably wouldn't survive. 
Right. And so, I mean, it, it's a well, tough then argument. You, then you've got all the government federal programs that support like 340B and yes, all these yes. other things that pay for their drugs at a minimum price. Oh, yeah. And they charge enormous rates to yep. the patient yep. consumer. But, you know, again, we can't do without hospitals. Advent right. is a absolute wonderful healthcare system. HCA is an absolute wonderful healthcare system. But the question that I have, Dr. Mark, and we'll kind of end this show on this today, do these people need to make billions of dollars in profits? So when you have a nonprofit, so you have a non, when people talk about nonprofits, they think about charities. Right. And when you think about charities, you think about giving things away. Like a 501c3. Right. Yeah. They, they don't cost yeah. you money. That's right. And a nonprofit hospital is never that. That's right. And that's where things could change. And they don't pay taxes, and they exploit the federal dollar. And they don't charge a penny less than the competitor. That's right. And aspirin's ten dollars, still right. ten dollars a pill. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> so that's. I mean, that's really where we're going here. Yeah. Is is I I completely respect that there's nonprofits. I understand oh, absolutely. flipping it around, yeah. but a nonprofit, everything else is going to That's not right. charge you That's money. Right. That's right. And th- these groups are charging you exactly yep. what everybody else is, if not more. That's right. So so that's the that's the dichotomy. Yep. That's the only way to fix things. Because yep. you can't fix it by rejecting their nonprofit right. status. And on the, that's never going to happen. And, and not only that, they're on the edge with balance billing and surprise billing. Yep. Oh, yeah. They always are. Yep, absolutely. And absolutely. then they'll send you to credit agency in a heartbeat. Yep, yep. So so those are the things... And this is sort of we, – we, we haven't talked about this, Larry, but yeah. but when you go through these numbers and you see these things develop, yeah. you can't help but try to think of a, a solution. Right. And, and there's a lot of people out there just screaming, just shut them down. That's not the solution. No, that's not the solution. But the solution is nonprofits should act like nonprofits. I agree. We'll see you next week, Dr. Mark. Great you, conversation. Larry. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.